You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And how about the road victory for West Virginia coming to Lubbock and knocking off the number seven team in America, 82-71. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Zach Price on the BetQL Audio Network. Yeah, that was a big win for West Virginia last night. Thank you for following us on Twitter at BetQL Daily. You can watch us, radio.com slash BetQL dash daily. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, and also radio.com. Again, on Twitter at BetQL Daily. Joe Ostrowski, Zach Price, kind enough to sit in with me for these three hours today. Been having some fun talking sports betting. And uh, let's let's focus on college basketball because our resident expert is Eli Hershkovich, all the, also the executive producer of this show. Eli, nice night for you. You got West Virginia, and, and you've been preaching to the people that you might want to take a look at their futures number. And I'm sure it, uh, it was bumped up in the wrong direction if you want to bet it this morning after taking down Tech. Yeah, it's uh, it was a 50 to one for some, a bit of last week, and now it's down pretty much to 30 to one at most books. Some spots even lower. I know one book has one major book has West Virginia 22 to one. I, I mentioned earlier when you when you asked me about the game, just how West Virginia was able to pull that off. McBride in foul trouble in the first half, Derek Culver in foul trouble in the second half. But one other key note, Tash Sherman, West Virginia's second best guard and their third best player didn't play. Uh, he was out with a groin injury. So for West Virginia to pull that off and for Terrence Shannon Jr., who was questionable for, for Texas Tech, he played. So West Virginia wasn't even at full strength. And they, like you mentioned, Joe, they were only down by two points. That was their max deficit the entire game. It was a really impressive effort. Derek Culver dominated before he got in foul trouble. McBride dominated offensively in the second half. McNeil, who's been really inconsistent from three, got going. This defense is coming around now with their four guard lineup. They could switch at every position. 30 to one isn't as good of a number as 50 to one, but I would recommend looking at West Virginia. If you're looking to add a future with some value, do you want to rich rip uh, coach K or what? I, I can't believe this hasn't happened yet. We, we heard from you for a few minutes at the start of the show, but I've just been waiting for you to just go off on the dude. Another, another loss. <laughs> they, they allow 90 plus points to Notre Dame. Notre Dame shot Ooh. nearly 60%. From the field, you're fighting Irish, Joe. I know you're, I know you're not a big uh, not Notre really. Dame college basketball fan. Yeah, but I, I, I like Coach Bray. He's a good dude. He, he's done all right with the program, but come on. It's not like they're very good. Right. They might be good next year. Them and Purdue, two teams from Indiana, could make some noise next year. But, yeah, that was that was a joke. Their defense, like, they can't even switch to a 2-3 zone. I don't know if you guys remember a couple of years ago or three years ago when they had Bagley and Carter, and they went to a zone because those two guys couldn't defend any, any four guard lineup, similar to what West Virginia has. And coach K can't even switch to a zone 
because of how bad these guys are at defense. So it's, it's a joke. He sucks. He can go retire for all I care. <laughs> See what I deal with Zach every day. It's just so easy. Just so easy. He has certain people that he hates and one of them in action tonight. I already know the play. I don't even have to ask Eli. I, I don't, have you tweeted out a pick yet? I haven't. I was waiting to, okay, uh, I, I noticed she uh, did that, that yesterday. I know she did that yesterday and appreciate that. Like you want people to listen to you on BetQL daily, uh, subscribe to the podcast, download it so you can hear Eli's thoughts first. Okay. So I have no idea. We have not texted about it. I'm just looking at, at some of the games tonight. And one of course popped to me. I don't need to know the number. I don't know if it's available, but there is no doubt you are betting on Rutgers against Iowa. See, it's not a it's not a uh, foregone conclusion just yet, Joe. Because what are you waiting for? The seven? No, I'm not waiting for any number. CJ Frederick missed the last stretch for the Hawkeyes. Might not play tonight. I'm waiting for a, a source at Iowa to let me know before I get my Rutgers bat in there, or before I don't. Um, <laughs> over, you're, over. you're doing it. You're, you're you already just said it. You know you're going to bet on Rutgers in this game. You hate Iowa. I do. I really do. And Tom and I touched this on the BetQL U podcast yesterday. Iowa, this is a an alarming stat for Iowa, or just a, a rec, for, from a record perspective. Iowa, the last two years, CJ Frederick is a sophomore guard for the Hawkeyes. When Frederick plays, Iowa is 29 and 9. When Frederick doesn't play, they're 4 and 8. And that doesn't mean that Iowa can't cover the number or can't win the game outright. Uh, they might not cover the six and a half or seven, but doesn't mean without Frederick, they can't win this game outright against a Rutgers team that is playing really well defensively. But he means a lot to that team at both ends of the floor. We saw it against Indiana. That was more of, you know, a little bit more on on McCaffrey. Speaking of bad coaches, just taking out Garza in the latter part of the first half and their defense just suffered and their offense suffered besides what Joe Wieskamp was doing offensively. So I think Rutgers can give this team issues defensively. Again, they're one of the better teams in college basketball, top 20 in adjusted defensive efficiency on Kemp Palm. Geo Baker is starting to play at the kind of level he was last year. I mentioned yesterday, maybe looking to a Rutgers future at around 50 to one on points bet. But the key, the trigger for me is if Frederick is going to play or not. A great observation by you. You're a smart guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. He's all right. Uh, Zach, is there is there anything that – I don't know. Do you pay much attention to college hoops or do you just focus uh, on NBA this time of the year? Well, you know, Joe, this time of the year is when you got to start paying attention to college hoops. Uh, so yeah. um, I'm starting to dig in. Uh, um, I'm, I'm digging in as I can. I like the Rutgers call. I know you like – it's funny. You guys are uh, not finishing each other's sentences. You're finishing each other's bets. You know he's on Rutgers. Uh, 100%. You know, before he can put it out. Look, Ryan Harper Jr. is fantastic. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I follow his dad on Instagram, uh, old Cleveland Cavalier, <laughs> Ryan Harper Sr. Uh, and former Bull. Yeah, more yeah, importantly, well, former or, Bull. Back. <laughs> well, hey, man, he started as in, in Cleveland. You should see his rookie year numbers. He averaged about 25, 5, and 5. We'd be talking about him today like he was Michael Jordan. Uh, but, you know, his son, right, he's fantastic, uh, leading Rutgers. They're uh, when you grow up, the son of a NBA champion like Ron Harper played with Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Tony Kukoc goes to L.A. and plays, you know, you have a, a certain um, expectation for yourself at, to be a champion. Um, your family does as well. And you're, uh, you know, think of all the great coaches Ron Harper played for. Well, you know, namely Phil Jackson everywhere. But uh, so yeah. you got I, that gives a Ron Harper Jr. experience that I think he, you know, other college players just don't have coming from, 
you know, they were the best player in their high school and now they get into a college situation where they have an older coach who's maybe a little hard on them or maybe they're running a certain offense. Well, um, you know, Ron Harper Sr., he ran the triangle uh, everywhere he went and now he has a son. He's playing good ball. Uh, I love the Rutgers 50 to one call out. Um, I'm wondering, Eli, I mean, you're a little bit on fire here right now. What? Do you, how do you analyze uh, a smorgasbord of Wednesday, February NCAA games where there's like, you know, a million games right here I, with all these different schools? Are you, do you you're sticking to your bread and butter like Rutgers Big Ten? Um, do you dabble like at some crazy games? Uh, Northern Iowa, Drake is playing tonight. Uh, you know, East Tennessee State at the Citadel. Um, these teams are going to end up in the tournament, some of them. How do you play a board like this? Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Yeah, I do love me some East Tennessee State. I think Furman and, and UNCG are on a back-to-back. Uh, that's an interesting look, too, if you're looking to play back-to-back. So maybe you take UNCG after getting blown out last night. But the, the play that I am on, the one bet that I have right now, I'm waiting on another number, which I'll touch on in a second, is Georgia Tech against Virginia. I mentioned that the Texas Tech line was inflated last night with the perception of it being a revenge spot for the Red Raiders after blowing that first game against West Virginia. That You're getting some good value here with the Yellow Jackets, Josh Pastner's team at home against UVA as a four-point dog. It got as high as four and a half earlier today, but back down to four. I'm taking it at four. Uh, they run that dribble motion offense, which creates a lot of three-point looks. They have the highest three-point percentage in, in uh, ECC play, fourth highest three-point rate in conference play. So that's where their scoring comes from uh, the majority of the time. And UVA runs that pack line defense. So with that dribble motion offense, you're going to get a lot of uh, good looks from three with DeVoe and Alvarado. Alvarado plays the point and even Moses Wright, who's one of the better bigs in the ACC and he could stretch the floor. So I really like Georgia Tech might pull this one outright, but I'll be taking the points tonight with the Yellow Jackets. So Georgia Tech, uh, your favorite play, you said Rutgers is a maybe you're waiting on more information. Anything else that you're going to bet or you're considering? Yeah, Ole Miss against uh, Ole Miss at home tonight. This is a big game for them going up against a Missouri team that is has potential for a letdown spot coming off that big win over Alabama and that big win over Kentucky last week. Even though Kentucky is having a down year, it's still a quality win in the in the SEC just because you're going up against John Calipari. So uh, it's it's a good letdown spot for Missouri. The line is just a little bit inflated from what I would like it at. And it's a, it's a, it's moving the direction. I think it, it should be, but I would like a better number on Ole Miss tonight. Defensively, they could turn Missouri over. You look at where Mizzou is at in conference play as you see the fourth highest turnover rate in conference play. Ole Miss turns you over at the third highest rate. So with these guards, Schuler, they're going to be able to get turnovers and get out on the break. And then offensively for Ole Miss, there's no like big matchup where Ole Miss is going to have an advantage, but if, if they can get out in transition, they're also really good on the glass which will help with those transition opportunities. So if I can get an Ole Miss at one, maybe money comes in on Mizzou because of the way they've been playing uh, in conference play, I'll, I'll be taking a look at Ole Miss if that number ticks down to one, one and a half. Eli, uh, I went to the University of Michigan. We're known as a football school, but there's been a couple of teams in the last few decades, starting with the Fab Five. Um, in 2013, there was a team 
that I got to know personally as a book publisher. I helped them put together a book. Uh, it was Tim Hardaway Jr., Trey Burke, uh, Mitch McGrady, uh, Karis LeVert ended up coming off those teams, and um, uh, Zach Novak even the year before. How do you compare this year's Michigan team to, say, even that year or even in the Fab Five, and do you think they could win it all? Yeah, I'm not even going to go ahead and compare it to the Fat Five because that's like, I mean, that team was just so good. But <laughs> from, from from this perspective of of like the 2013 year, maybe where they lost to Louisville in the title game, I think that's a fair comparison just because of of ceiling from the current state. Like, let's talk long term in a second, Zach. Current state with Michigan on the COVID layoff, it's going to be really interesting to see how they come back from this because we've seen teams get off to maybe a slow start here or there. St. Louis is a great example. That's probably the best team in the A-10, and they lost two games out of out of their COVID layoff. They lost to a Dayton team that was playing better, but still should have won that game as 10-point favorites outright at home. They lost that game by five, and they lost to LaSalle on the road before coming back and beating St. Bonaventure over the weekend. Michigan is a top-five team in college basketball, and if you want to say top 10, maybe they're just outside of it. But uh, it's... It, you you can be prone to having a little bit of a letdown coming off of the COVID layoff and just not playing as well because the chemistry isn't there. Think about it from the perspective of they haven't been practicing really during this stretch, and they're going to probably have like a couple days to amp up before they get back and practice. I, I love Dickinson down low. He's one of the best bigs in college basketball. My biggest issue with Michigan, and it's come up a lot in Big Ten play, they have the highest turnover rate in Big Ten play, averaging a 19.4 turnover percentage on Kempom, which is really high. Um, and I like Mike Smith at the point guard spot, but they turn the ball over a little too much for me to have confidence in them to make a run in March. Because if you face a team like a West Virginia, who we talked about, that can pressure the ball and create turnovers, even though Michigan's offense was playing at such a high level, and even if they get back to that point, turnovers can certainly hold them back. You, you know, it's... I find intriguing, Eli, is and maybe it's just the Gonzaga Baylor thing that most most observers say, okay, it's gonna be Gonzaga or Baylor. They're they're just so much better than the rest of the field that most people regard the Big Ten as the best conference in the nation. But you, based in the Midwest, you don't seem overly impressed. You don't seem to believe that any of them are true contenders, even though right now you could say Michigan and Ohio State could be ones. Illinois probably a two, the possibility of a one. And then there's also Iowa, Wisconsin, Purdue. I mean, we're talking all those teams are going to be top four or five seats. Right. My one issue with Illinois, similar to Michigan, is turnovers. They don't turn it over as much. Illinois is the team for me. If I'm looking at one true title contender from this conference, they rebound the ball so well, which is a really important aspect and an underrated aspect, to be fair, when you're thinking about title contenders, the 15th highest Defensive rebounding rating, college basketball. Kofi Coburn is a monster on the glass, and they went smaller too, bringing Bashanishvili off the bench. One of the best players in the country. I don't think he's going to challenge Garza for player of the year, but he is damn close uh, in Iowa Sumu. So if you're looking for one team to come out of the Big Ten to win the title, it's Illinois. But I do think the Big 12 is the better conference overall. 